You're listening to Europe Calling with Terry Whitehead and Vince Tracy. All the news from Spain and the UK. Things you might have missed. A very good day. Welcome everybody to the 2nd of February's podcast. And the year, of course, is 2023. Our weather today, well, it's okay. If you're out in the sun, uh, it's been okay. Not uh, roasting hot, but fairly hot. But if you're in the shade, then you'll be glad to get somewhere where maybe you can get a little bit of uh, warmth on your body as well. So that's where we are. Let's go a little bit further to the west, around about uh, three quarters of an hour in the car. Terry, how are you today and what's your weather like? Freezing, Vince. Uh, <laughs> well, it feels like it's freezing tonight. For, for us, it feels like it's freezing. Actually, Birmingham was warmer than Benidorm uh, this morning, so that gives you an idea of what it's like here at the minute. It's, it's very, yeah, it's, it's beautiful in the sun. If you can get out the, any breeze into the sun, it really is warm. But if you go around the corner and there's a bit of shade, you're going to freeze. Well, Hopefully. like... It, I was up early on Tuesday and um, we were absolutely on zero. So uh, yeah, by the time we got back an hour later, we would, we'd gone up to two. So I suppose small mercies, you have to be thankful for them, don't you? Yeah, well, yeah, we had snow on the hills um, behind, behind the house um, over the weekend. And just for the day, like it was there, and it's obviously melted at the moment. But no doubt we'll have a bit more. Of course, we don't get the... Uh, uh, fuel allowance do we over here because it doesn't get cold enough apparently exactly okay well now we're looking uh, primarily at spain and uk anything else that i spot we will discuss but uh we will start with spain today now the first of our stories you might think we don't even need to discuss But who knows, there could be something else that maybe we haven't thought about. As I tell you that uh, Pedro Sanchez, the Prime Minister of Spain, on Tuesday, that was January 31st, announced that a new minimum wage would be enforced in the country in 2023. So that now has happened and it uh, risen to it has risen from uh, I can't remember what it was, but it, to 1,080 gross per month in 14 payments. The increase will be applied in two weeks time and will benefit some two 2.5 million workers especially women uh, this was confirmed during his speech in the senate so um let's see as we give, give you a little bit more information on this um labor minister yolanda diath met earlier in the morning with the general secretaries of the ugt pepe alvarez uh, Unai Sordo trade unions uh, representatives of the CEOE declined to attend the unions were demanding a minimum to be set to 1100 while Diaz advocated the high band of the expert committee report that proposed a rise for 2023 of between 4.6 and 8.2 percent we look 
at Sanchez in his speech. Since we are in the executive, we are the second country in the OECD that has increased the SMI the most. Our fight to improve the conditions of workers and achieve a fairer distribution has just begun. The CEO he explained that in December it had already informed the Ministry of its approach to the SMI. Let me just go over what that means, Terry. Do you know what SMI means? No idea at all. Good. Okay, that makes two of us. So that just shows you, doesn't it, that really you've got things in the paper which, you know, I would imagine if we don't know, then there won't be that many Brits that probably will know that. Uh, But anyway, um, this was subject to establishing a system of deductions applicable to the agricultural sector and to modifying the regulations on price revisions in public sector, sector contracts. In order to be able to pass on the increase in the SMI in contracts in execution, they specified. Yolanda Diaz showed how satisfied she, she was with the rise. I'm very happy, not for the government, but for the workers. The government of Spain fulfills one of its main commitments, which was to reach 60% of the average salary in the SMI. I must try and find out what that's all about. Mm. After his announcement, Sanchez went on to reproach some large companies that increased their profits, pay millionaire dividends, but do not increase the salary of their employees. If a company earns 600 million, why does that profit end up only in the hands of a few? Why were some not going to the shop assistants, administers to staff or stockers? Do they not always have merit in this business success? I think so, Sanchez reiterated. Uh, Against the same background, uh, but we will uh, concentrate on Spain, Um, I I see that Shell has announced absolutely uh, the the, the record profits of all time for them. Well, we guessed that. And, of course, the thing is, um, we know where the money's coming from, but I think what people don't really understand is this business of the shareholders. I mean, if you've got no money to buy shares, then obviously you probably would never have been anywhere near this sort of um, capital being paid into you uh, after maybe deciding that you were going to put some money into something that you hoped. I mean, there's no difference between betting in my mind. Um, You're going to tell me I'm wrong, but what's more important is as an employer... Your um, your opinions about what's this minimum wage going to mean for your size of business is far more important to what we want to discuss. So, what do you think? Yeah, I'll, I've given my lads a twelve percent increase this this week anyway, um, because I, I, I know they'll be suffering the same as I am. <clears throat> I know that my my electricity and other bills are going up. Theirs are also going up, so I have to keep them happy, and they're quite happy with that. Actually, they asked for a bit less, so I gave them a bit more. Um, they look after me, I look after them. Uh, it seems to work. Um, I do look after them. Um, but the, um, the, with regarding shareholders, um, without shareholders there is no business. People, they're, they're, they're easy to throw stones at and target. And of course, when you see things, the, the money that BP's making, uh, which is astronomical, um, and that should be challenged because of the way they make it. Uh, the same way the government's making it, all these increased prices means increased tax for the government. The government don't complain about that. But uh, without a shareholder, you haven't got a business. Shareholders pump their money into businesses on the basis that it'll work and turn a profit. Quite often it doesn't, and they lose money or they lose everything. That never, it never, you never see a shareholder going to the government and say, look, I put money into this company and, and it's gone down the tubes. 
give me some money. There's an answer to this, Terry. There's, a, there's an easy answer. Um, and that is when an employee has been with a big company uh, or any of these companies, in actual fact, that uh, with, with shares, then realistically, after working for the company for a year, they could be given a nominal amount of shares. It doesn't have to be a fantastic amount. Well, that does happen in some companies. I know that happens in some com- companies. Plus, you, 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 you're invited to, you want to buy some more. Because you're investing in your own future. Yeah. And if you leave the company, they're still your shares. You know, they go with you. You don't hand them back. Um, um, but, um, uh, yeah, there are people who do that. Um, so, it's, so, in principle, we agree it's a good idea then? Well, of course it is, yeah. yeah. But the, what is, what's wrong now in the vein that you mentioned BP is, what well, I said before, if, if BP uh, set their business up to make 10%, on, on what they buy and sell. So they buy it at, uh, let's say, uh, 10 euros, and they sell it to us for 11 euros. So they make a one euro profit. But if what they buy, instead of being 10 euros, through inflation, goes up to 40 euros, they then sell it to us at 10%, which is 44 euros. Right. So they've quadrupled their profit, and they haven't lifted a finger. Hmm. This is where I believe, yes, they should be taxed. Don't care. Shareholders' money is taxed before it even gets to the shareholder. Then they pay tax on it. Um, but it's it, so from that, like the BP's point of view, that sort of idea, and the government, the government, like I said, they're making lots of money out of inflation because their their taxes are inflation-proof. Because when it, when inflation goes, when prices go higher, they they receive more tax. They can't go wrong. But certainly, regards of BP and, and having to be <laughs> to declare they've, they've turned the biggest profit ever, and, and by actually doing nothing, it's not as if they've actually risked anything here. Actually doing nothing, then yeah, there should be a windfall tax on that. Having said that, um, if you had if you talk to BP and, and large companies in the certainly in the petroleum industry, they will point out to you um, a number of years back where for a number of years they were losing money hand over fist. One way or another, they were losing money hand over fist when the, when the bottom fell out of the, 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 the market. Um, but, you know, governments didn't go to BP and say, can we give you some money because you're obviously losing money. That doesn't happen. So they'll be the first to point that out. But I'm, I'm certainly there's an awful lot of wiggle room and I can't see them denying it to, uh, to claim some sort of windfall tax off, off, off the likes of these companies that are making profit on, on suffering of the population where... They're having to pay inflated prices for stuff which is completely out of their control. You know, look at energy, for instance. It's completely out of their control. And energy is based on, on gas. For some reason, energy prices are based on the price of gas. which is ridiculous. Yes. It actually says so on my Spanish electric bill. It tells me how much the increase is due to the price of gas. Whereas they're not using gas in most of Spain to create my energy. Yeah. So why, you know, people think, well, 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 I'm not daft. Why are they saying it's gone up because of the price of gas? It's because all energy is based on the price of gas. That has to change. If they change that, you'll see a drop in prices. Okay, uh, let's clear up the SMI. It's an easy one, actually. We should have both spotted it. Salario minimo interprofessional. So it's the okay. uh, it's the minimum wage in actual fact. Yeah. Um, now, as an employer, then Terry, if the uh, minimum wage is changed, but you 
for example, have just increased uh, or given your employees a rise? Yeah. Um, you, you know, if that um, is only sort of the same or marginally more than the governmental increase, would yeah. your would your workers likely complain, or would they understand that you were the first to actually uh, react and give you give them something? No, well, no, they're happy. I've been, I've been, I've been telling them I was giving them a rise before this came out. Um, so I was holding them. I was listening to them what they were looking for, and I'm quite happy to give them a bit more. And on top of that, I'll, I will give them bonuses when they've done, you know, turned in a really good job you know, on time and uh, or even before time. Uh, they have to be encouraged to that this is good. This is good. I like this. Here's some money. Oh, let's well, let's go out for a meal or something, or at least something to. To, to, to show your praise that also allows me to growl and shout at them when things aren't going the right way which is basically my job and apparently it's not Dominic Raab's job but anyway um, it, it's, it has to be done it's the, it's the carrot and the stick and the, the two go hand in hand but my boys have been me for donkey's years. I don't need. I don't need uh, a stick. No, I, I I can understand that. Um, Treat them right, and they'll look after you. Simple as that. Well, you see, I would say it's the same in the national context. But of course, a lot of workers aren't treated right. And no. when you keep getting these immense bonuses and uh, the CEOs with huge wages, when ordinary people doing good work, um, you know, and just about keeping their heads above the the parapet, they just about sort of uh, manage to go and feed the families. And then, you know, it must be gall. I know it, it certainly annoyed me at times when you see people who you know very well, they don't work harder than any of the others. But mm. um, because of the positions they hold off and up goes their salary and of course going back to my idea of everybody having shares which you've outlined that this already happens in some companies um, most people don't get an education in buying and selling shares or even uh, you know how the economy works and unfortunately um, you, you just see items in the paper which we've uh, talked about now and of course if you don't really understand the concept in the first place uh, we'll come back to this probably I've got another story that might relate in a rather strange way so what I'm going to do I'll move on to another aspect now so um, yeah something something totally different Now, to our listeners who kindly bother to listen to our podcast, um, I've got to say that what my intention always will be is to highlight things which I think are going under the radar, things that, okay, we might be getting um, bits of information about, but these are specifics, and I think they do need to be taken uh, a little bit more uh, into focus when maths teacher Kevin Lister received a message from his 17-year-old student, Lizzie, telling him she would now like to be called Liam. He was concerned. This was September in 2021, only days into the new term at the college where he worked in the southwest. Uh, so it could have been me. I mean, th- this is probably why I look at these things, because I could have been in situations like this. Uh, thankfully, I saw it coming and decided I didn't want to get near it. Uh, Lizzie had previously shown no sign of wanting to identify as a boy. 
Now, when the issue arose again, Kevin raised a safeguarding concern with the college, asking whether Lizzie's parents had been told of her request. They hadn't, although Kevin found this out only later. And whether Lizzie was aware of the potential long-term ramifications of such a decision. He also queried whether there was a risk of her self-medicating with cross-sex hormones, unavailable to under-18s without prescription, but accessible off-prescription online, as this would violate the college's drug policy. OK, uh, that's the general outline, a comment that I thought should be uh, also looked at. Um, uh, unfortunate if good people end up as collateral damage, but we have to remember the broader context. The hatred towards the LGBTQIA2S is going to go on and on. <laughs> It'll eventually be the whole blessed Still alphabet. Is, <laughs> yeah, is a cancer in our society and it will require painful and invasive surgery to remove it no, it's a self-inflicted injury it's not a cancer it's a self-inflicted injury uh, if, if you're in the army and you shoot yourself in the foot you're put on the charge for a self-inflicted injury because you're trying to get out of work uh, and um, but well, we can go over this a thousand times this is absolutely ludicrous what's banging on now about what has always been known as, as a homosexual situation it's not a problem. It used to be illegal in the UK, in, 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 my, in my memory, back in the, was it, I think it was in the 60s or 70s, I think, when it was repealed. But um, from something that's illegal that's now uh, accepted, that's fine. I haven't got a problem with that. What I, I refuse to accept is having it rubbed under my nose and told that there are all these different types of homosexual people under different banners and different letters of the alphabet that demand to be treated differently when, uh, well, hang about, there's lots of different types of heterosexual people which could we could stick ourselves under even more letters of the alphabet and demand to be treated differently. This is absolute... I was going to say a word, and in uh, those things you put on boats with, with the oars in. But it, it's, it's absolute tosh. Absolute tosh. And the daft thing is that idiots in this world are actually listening to it and giving it credence and, and, and obeying it and bowing down to it. It's, it's ludicrous. Somebody's got to shake the world and say, look, wake up. Are you straight or you're not straight? End of. Doesn't need anything else. I mean, when the luck in Scotland where that, uh, we talked about it last week, where that bloke decided he was uh, a woman and under Scottish new ruling, they put him in a woman's uh, prison, even though he was convicted of two rapes. I mean, this is, this is political correctness taken to its finite degree. And I was so pleased when that happened and so pleased that uh, Sturgeon got, got the, the egg on her face over that one because she was forced to change her idealistic uh, opinion uh, because she created it and backed it to gain more votes. It's purely for votes. There's no way in a million years she was actually agreeing with that is to gain more votes, to garner votes from the, the left side because it was a Labour a Labour proposition and they, they are desperately in search of Labour votes. Terry, does all, does, all, awful. does all this sort of material... Does it move you anywhere nearer my concern and my point of view that the whole thing is being engineered from a uh, Chinese communist stance, basically based around the Communist Party manifesto, which I keep re relating to, about getting uh, to destroy capitalism by destroying the family? I mean, you, you know, surely... People must see that there's more of a logic in what I'm trying to say now. No, I personally don't see a link whatsoever with Chinese communism. 
I don't see any Chinese communism in the world. They're all capitalists. Uh, mm. What I do see is, is, is powerful people in this world. They haven't got to be Chinese, or they haven't got to be communists. They're powerful people, either powerful with money or powerful with influence, who can use this, and, and using the social media, and uh, the TV, etc., uh, to get to get um, to get more power, to absorb more power because they say they're defending a, a minority, and people give them credence, like that woman who, who said she was insulted by the the Queen's uh, um, um, lady in chambers, yeah, and uh, who was forced to resign. Bless her. She forced the situation. She changed her name from a, from a simple Anglo-Saxon name to some African tribal name, dressed in in tribal gear and flaunted herself that somebody would say to her, and where are you from, my dear? Mm-hmm. To, to create the reaction, to build on it. This is what has to be stopped. This I will not accept. It needs to be slapped down. Same as these people who glue themselves to the road. Yank them up, leave their hands in place on the road, it doesn't matter. Somebody will sweep that up and chuck him in prison. Something's got to be done. We're well, way too soft with these people. I think it's healthy that you disagree with me because I feel so strongly about it um, that at least every now and again I will think, well, you know, is there a chance that maybe I've got this wrong? But no, I'm completely and utterly convinced that eventually... Um, Good for you. Yeah. Okay, well, now I'm going to take what we're talking about to an, another different article that I read, um, which I've discussed with various people, and this was to do with a pop artist. Um, what was his name? Sam Smith, I think his name was. Um, mm. And basically, um, uh, the uh, presenter of Good Morning uh, Britain, um, Richard Maidley, was uh, talking about uh, whether his latest music video is completely fit for children to be seen, which was basically, you, you see this guy, I mean, in a picture, anybody with any sense, especially from my sort of age, would say, it's a bloke. Um, and he's wearing some sort of ladies' uh, underwear, and he's uh, swinging tassel round on his nipples. So basically, that's the background. Um, and then, uh, as he uh, is claiming to be non-binary, uh, when Richard Madeley was discussing him and described him as he uh, he was pulled up by the other presenter who said no no you have to call uh, this particular person um they no. and them now you see as an english teacher the nonsense for me is <laughs> you probably will totally remember your education there's no way in a million years i will bow down to that whatsoever no way in a million years not unless he called me all sorts of... I will give him all sorts of titles I wish to be called by. And I will change those titles every two minutes. That is my right to be to be fluid in my title selection. Uh, he wants to be stupid. I can be even more stupid, believe me. And we, we need to do this more often. Um, I hope Richard Maley stuck by his principles and didn't bear down to it. No, no, he, he apologised, of course. Oh, I, did he? I, well, really? of course, don't forget, this is the media, so, you know... It, it's yeah, well, he's gay anyway, so I suppose he's, he's, he's halfway there. I don't think he's gay. He's got a... He's got, yes, he is. I know, oh, Richard Maley didn't know. It's the other fellow, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's got a wife, so, yeah. I'm uh, sorry, Richard. <laughs> okay, sorry, um, them. It's the other fellow, the other blonde She, it, we, or they, whoever we're talking about. This is how silly the whole thing's got, because as a... 
an English language teacher to be able to try and transmit our thoughts mm. quickly and correctly and accurately, uh, then obviously we need the pronoun to make sense. And now, if you've got children, young children, unfortunately, look at the media. They look at the television. They look at the Internet. They, for my money, are ripe for picking when it comes to trying uh, warp their education. And I think personally, that's what a lot of this is about. Uh, I'm disgusted with it and I'm totally and utterly annoyed by it because it's our children and grandchildren well, that, that will have to live through this. Kids don't look at TV. TV is for old fogies. Kids look go on the computers and their TikToks and whatever. Well, children, small media. children don't tell you. I, I, no, I've been in I've been in households and and small children are gaping, not not gazing, gaping. At, yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, even look a little bit deeper at all these other things, and you'll find other things that that exist as well. But if we if we just restrict ourselves to small children being occupied while mum needs them to be quiet and the TV is a wonderful piece of equipment for them, isn't it? Well, the, 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 I think you'll find they're looking more at the computer screen than a TV. I, but I don't think that when mum's cooking the tea, what's on TV for, for children? Well, it, nothing. It, not, not like they used to be. No, no. It's the, all the, adult programmes. I realise that's the people are watching it. Kids have got the computers out. Okay, uh, I, I can only go by visiting friends and relatives and looking and observing at what I see. You're right, there are children that are looking at computer screens and tablets and things like that. But I do see a lot of... Uh, I, I, I can understand where Leapy Lee used to tell me that he thought that the, uh, the cartoons were dangerous. And I think he's right, because I feel that if you go back to... If you believe any of this, I'm not saying you have to believe all of it part of it or some of it but if you just all, all accept all the cartoons teach kids is and it goes it grows up when you're an adult is you, you if you see a mouse you have to whack it okay that's it i don't see anybody go around whacking rabbits who's standing on the side of the road you know having a nibble at a carrot but the, a mouse has to be whacked because of that that's it that's spread into us now okay i've got something uh, specifically specifically for you this time so uh, this this could be interesting. Okay, so I was looking at um, the football at the weekend. Uh, Wrexham, non-league, were playing a terrific game and uh, it looked as if uh, there was a foul and uh, out of the pocket of the referee, I'm not going to g get too deeply into the football, uh, out of the pocket of the referee came not the red card that we normally see, but it was a oval or no it was round i think uh, red card now as explained on a referee forum it's both to assist colorblind fans but also for the benefit of the referee himself the circular and oval cards were originally introduced to assist players who couldn't differentiate between the colors it was also to help the referee who wanted to pull out the quick card the shape telling him which card he was pulling out i'd never seen that that, never heard of it um, so I thought in the light of what we'd spoken about in previous weeks that you might want to know that well I'm pleased that they're recognising that shapes are better than colours so to live in a coloured biased world which it is um, is, is dangerous for 8% for of the male population of which I'm one 
being colorblind. Uh, we call it colorblind in English. It's not called that in other languages. Uh, in Spanish, it's called daltonical, which is dal- daltonism. If you look up daltonism, uh, that's what colorblindness is that we call colorblind. But it's, it's certainly not, we don't live in a black and white world. What we do see is colors differently to you. Um, but having said that, red and yellow, I would find very difficult to to confuse. No doubt it can happen. If it can happen, it will happen. So if you've got a different shape, then, uh, yeah, uh, a square card to a round card, well, that sounds better to me. Um, but until they, they, they change the traffic lights, which is far more dangerous than a referee's red card or a yellow card, um, but I, I won't believe there's going to be any solutions to, to this problem. Because we live in a world where red is danger and green is safety. And the two colours that colourblind people are primarily blind in inverted commas too is the difference between red and green. Red and green to us can look the same. And so it, it is ridiculous to have that as any sort of basis. Uh, I can't fly a plane because red and green uh, can, can come up and uh, I've got to know, is that red or is, is, is that... You know, you, it's got to be automatic. So if you said blue and yellow, that's absolutely fine by me. I'm never going to confuse blue and yellow. Okay. That's perfect for me, but it's not going to happen. Um, it, it's, it's starting to happen. I mean, they've changed the wiring, God bless them, donkeys years ago, not before I blew up many toasters and kettles trying to wire them up the right way. Um, just guessing which is the red and which is the green. But uh, they've changed the wiring now, so, that's, that's, so they do realise there is a problem. But it's never addressed. And in, in context, with what we were talking about originally, about LGBT, XYZ, people, um, colourblind people are, are greater in numbers than the whole of them. So I will say that uh, gay people are a minority compared to colourblind people. So therefore, my shout is bigger than your shout. Unless you get a colourblind gay person, then we have got a problem. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that needs to be addressed. Uh, I'm surprised at uh, them doing it. Uh, I'm not going to argue about it because it makes sense, though I can't see how anybody really can confuse red and yellow. It's very difficult. In certain lights, it can be. If you've got bright floodlights and things, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, to bring shape into it rather than colour has to be good. Yeah, I'll go along with that. Now, the only reason why it came to light, apparently, was the referee in this game came from the National League, so it wasn't from the EFL or the Premier League. Uh, so that's why we hadn't seen it up till now. Uh, oh, this, right. So they're doing the National League and not in the, in, the, uh, in the main league. Apparently so. So apparently they don't have rules as to what shape, uh, the colour, the colours of the cards. Um, you, you, obviously, they're, they're... What card do you have to show a gay people or, or, or a... Or a, a sexually fluid um, player. Well, they've already... There's got to be the one for that as well, hasn't there? Well, they've introduced in Portugal the week before last a white yeah. card, which they uh-huh. run on and show if something good happens. Uh, Terry, I'm going to move on. That's getting a bit silly. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, do me a favour. <laughs> the Rainbow Nation, pal. It's actually happened, by the way. <laughs> Okay, so a website next that a mother used to order a £20,000 hitman to kill an ex-colleague had a price list including £16,000 for an arson attack, 
1,600 for a simple beating. Um, this particular woman is a 43-year-old. She's from Kings Lynn in Norfolk. Is on trial, a charge with soliciting the murder and stalking uh, this 50-year-old between January 2021 and August 2022. She's accused of, of paying more than £22,000 in Bitcoin to a site called Online Killers Market as a deposit to kill this particular man who had rejected her. She, of course, denies the charges and the married mother of five was arrested after police um, linked the dark web payments to her. Now, I think we've both spoken about the dark web. Uh, I've mm. never been there. I don't want to go there. But it does exist and if it exists then i think we have to acknowledge it and every now and again we do need to sort of uh, talk about it don't we it, it does exist yeah i know people who use it uh not for nefarious reasons like you, you're saying but uh it is used yeah it is used um i've no idea listen i, I have to look it in my computer the one pressing the white button um but yeah it is there it is used but um well, that's a whole new level now, isn't it, of internet uh, buying online <laughs> by your own assassin? Well, and, and dial up, dial up the uh, the form of form of execution. That's really good. Personally, I would have thought that it would pay, and it behoves the police to have a designated team to sit oh, looking. I'm sure they do, Vince. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm sure, sure they, they do, do, actually, Terry. Um, okay, well, if that's the case, I think we're both agreed. But it's again, there'll be people listening into the podcast who don't know these things. They, they, a lot of the older people don't even know a lot about the ordinary internet. So to expect mm. people to be able to, uh, for example, I was speaking well, to somebody the other day, Terry. This is yeah. not necessarily internet based it was a phone uh, that they just didn't answer the phone now this particular couple are in the 60s and uh, i think the older person is 80 odd um when we met them we had to go over how to answer the phone how to use whatsapp and uh, basic things like that and yet there are governmental th procedures, uh, all sorts of things where we're directed straight to go to the government website or to go to the local authority website mm. when most people just don't really have the wherewithal to do it after a certain age, do they? Well, also, uh, it's all about a digital signature in Spain, which is used heavily uh, in, 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 in business and uh, any transaction you wish to, not me, me even with me taking out planning permissions. Uh, I do it online, but I have to use a digital signature. That digital signature is, is a, long, a long series of numbers and letters, which is peculiar to me. It, 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 it proves it's I, I am who I am. But the problem is this digital signature has to be linked to a dedicated computer. Uh, for me, that is, that is a problem because this will link in very nicely with the dark web. The reason why the dark web exists, obviously for the various reasons that you mentioned, is that there is too much control and skullduggery uh, amongst governments, etc., using the normal, you, you, you log on something, and there's, we accept cookies, accept cookies, do this, and, and all of a sudden you click on something that's got a yellow, yellow tractor on it. And then for the next three months, you've got adverts, do you want to buy a yellow tractor? Because that's what's happening. But in the dark web, that doesn't happen. Uh, that's why people use the dark web for, 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 for booking flights, for instance. If you book a flight with Ryanair or whatever, you go in looking for a flight, and oh, I'm not so sure about that, it's a bit expensive. But you're in there now. You're not going to get a better flight unless you use a different computer and a different name. 
So people that I know, for instance, they use the dark web for booking flights because they'll always get the best price offered rather than the fact we've all, you've already looked at that flight last week, so we're not going to give you a cheaper. Um, so it, it's, it is used. It is used. But it's, it's, um, it, it's here to stay, and it, it's controlled. And with these digital uh, signatures, as I say, they have to be dedicated to... You can only use them off one computer. That's a bit suspicious, isn't it? Yes. You know, that, that, does, that doesn't... No, I don't like that. No, I'm the I'm, same. I'll tell you the truth. My digital signature is operated by my accountant. I t- it's on his computer. It's not on mine. Yeah. It's on his computer, so I tell him what to do, and he, and he does it and presses my digital signature. Okay. Well, there's nothing nicer than having your digital signature be impressed, Terry. That's for sure. Yes, I've always said that. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. Okay, now we had a very, very difficult week here in Spain uh, for something which uh, seems to flare up every now and again. And I'm reading now that uh, reported by the Spain Ministry of the Interior on Friday, January the 27th, a jihadist arrested in the city of Girona last Wednesday on the 25th of January intended to carry out a massive machine gunning of tourists in the Benidorm beaches. The name given uh, was uh, Faf Allah Ben Hachem Garas, 23-year-old Spanish national of Moroccan origin, jailed today, uh, that would be the day that this paper came out, without bail by Ismail Moreno, the head of the National Courts Investigating Court Number 2. The uh, arrest of this guy was a direct result of a warning from the FBI in America, which is really weird when you uh, sort of read it and then when you look at really other things you can see why it might be that anyway they warned the spanish security forces of his degree of radicalize uh, radicalize radicalism and uh, proselytism in favor of daesh on social networks he was also known to be active on the dark web, the deep network used by criminals and delinquents, which is beyond the reach of the majority of Internet users. Specialised National Police and Guardia Civil officers carried out the operation during which the jihadist was uh, detained. Let me just see where that was. It was um, the Santa Eugenta uh, neighbourhood of Hirona. Ben Hachem was arrested only a few hours before another attack occurred in Algeciras, which we probably will be aware of, but um, certainly I had seen this on the news, where a suspected Moroccan jihadist killed a priest in a church and stabbed a sexton with a machete. It's believed that his intention was to record himself uh, machine-gunning bathers on the beaches in Benidorm on the Costa Blanca and then post the footage on social media networks of the Islamic State, um, and it describes the tourist hotspot is an emblematic location of the LGTBI uh, hotspot um, movement, and uh, FBI agents monitored the different aliases he used online, um, which was uh, what revealed his plans to attack the well-known Alicante uh, touristy town on behalf of Daesh. 
further monitoring of his online conversations revealed that he had already made contact with another radical via the black market um, to acquire weapons. These allegedly included rifles, um, pistols and belts for explosives. Sources explained that although his negotiations were well advanced, he had not yet made any purchase of firearms. The detainee often reportedly criticised Moroccan citizens in Spain for their westernisation, although no plans were uncovered that showed he intended to attack them. Um, Okay, I think we've got the gist of what that's all about, so I won't read... Mm. It's quite a long article, there's a lot more of it. Um, uh, In fact, I'll just give you this other bit further down. The anti-terrorist services insisted that the detainee was in an advanced process of jihadist radicalisation and had a profile of great violence and aggressiveness. In fact, the ministry itself highlighted that during the practice of the different proceedings, the detainee has shown his distrust and arrogant rejection of the participating officers. So, Terry, there's quite a lot in that. Um, and mm. as I said, it, it flares up from time to time. And I don't think it surprises us anymore, does it really? No, it doesn't. Uh, it always gives us shock, obviously, to, to hear these things. Um, we sort of, we do, it happens every day throughout the world. In, it's happening every day in, in Ukraine. Uh, and we do, we, we get numb to it, unfortunately, until it happens on your doorstep. Uh, People don't tend to react. Apathy seems to rule the world, unfortunately. And apathy will kill the world eventually. The the, the problem is, I mean, you mentioned he was he was in in, in Girona, wasn't he? He was detained already. Yes. He was from Girona. Girona yeah. Yeah, well, because that, that Barcelona, Girona's north of Barcelona, and that, that area of Catalonia has had a numerous uh, uh, jihadist converts in the past. The police have rumbled and stopped, and a few have actually got through to the attack on the Rambler, etc. Um, but the police obviously stop a hell of a lot more than, than actually go through. So it seems to be a bit of a hotbed up there, and obviously presumably he's going to travel down to Bingham and rid us of, um, I don't know, if, he's, <laughs> if he wants to get rid of gay people, I don't know, they don't all wear badges, you better tell him that. Well, yeah, um, but, that, but isn't that the stupidity of the whole thing? Because, y- y- you know, if this was something that he was planning and mm. uh, basically we did see the pictures on TV of the other incident with the guy walking into the church and, you yeah. know, I mean, it's just awful. Um, but, you know, uh, how on earth can the police stop these things? I mean, I think that was wonderful well, what the police They do, did. the fact yeah. you're reading about it, they do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I have an awful lot of respect for the Spanish police. They are, I mean, it was a police state, don't forget, under Franco it was a police state. Yeah. So they have a heritage of, of, of extreme police work in this country. Uh, now it's a democracy and, and the the uh, the police state, shall we say, has now obviously calmed down a bit. But they do have, it, it's always um, um, the, the uh, they've always used words like denuncia, denounce, to denounce somebody. That's always got sinister. To me, it's always a sinister word to to denounce somebody, which means to um, make an official complaint. Um, but in Spanish, they call it denuncia, which is denounce. And they have collaboradores, they have collaborators. It's all a bit warlike, you know. It's a bit fascist if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, but it, it, the police uh, here have lost an awful lot of their powers, but believe me, they are certainly not stupid. And uh, I've got an awful lot of respect and an awful lot of time for them. They are grossly underpaid um, and for the work they do. They really are. 
Um, but uh, an awful lot of uh, police have a second job to just to make ends meet. They always have. Yeah. Um, it, it's 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 not good. But uh, if, if um, I trust in the fact that they've yes, we've had a few terrorist operations happen on Spanish territory, but they've stopped hundreds more. Uh, and I have faith in them, and, and long may they keep doing it and keep exposing these people. Well, I've got what to say, what they should be doing, of course, is hanging the culprits from the end of a rope. Well, yeah, I, I think certainly you can understand a comment like the one you've just made because that that is the only way that really you'll stop it. Because well, by far we far, it's in it's, uh, it's in their it's in their religion, etc. So that's what we do. You, you want to you want to come and kill our people, then we're going to have to kill you and your people. But then you end up with a situation like Palestine. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is never-ending and uh, can never be resolved. Never. I think uh, for our listeners, the, the the one thing that we can tell you from experience is that I have seen on a regular basis uh, around Benidorm, you do have um, police sting operations where the traffic will suddenly stop. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the whole thing is controlled and everybody is checked. Normally, you can see that the police know roughly if not mm. absolutely who they're looking for yeah they've been tipped off yeah and it does give you a lot of confidence doesn't it it does i'll tell you i've 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 a lot of faith in the police in this country believe me and we all moan about policemen because we don't want to be on the end of you know, a traffic fine or whatever but um you know when they're keeping you alive when you realize you're not living in ukraine you're not living in the united states where it's gun law uh you're living in a democratic society which only when i first came here was 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 a fascist state under under a dictator so it in in you know, in in 50 years this place has changed tremendously yeah okay uh now we return to um politicians in a funny sort of way politicians and journalists journalists probably more so than politicians let's go with uh this one okay we'll go with this one Okay, what's this all about? Well, too many BBC journalists, according to what I'm reading, lack understanding of basic economics, which is creating a risk to its impartiality. Now, this is an independent review, and it was a report commissioned by the broadcaster said the corporation's economic reporting is guilty of uninformed group think and dominated too much by the Westminster version of events. It added there was a lack of confidence to challenge mainstream arguments along with at times a temptation to hype in this area of reporting the review singled out the competence of bbc journalists in covering economics as a problem uh, a comment here um it is somebody that wrote in to say too many bbc journalists lack understanding of basic economics well that seems to be exactly what they've just been talking about anyway um yeah i'm not going to repeat the comment then because that looks exactly the same but the BBC reporting of economic matters, um, you're thinking of that or any media reporting of economic matters? <laughs> well, I don't know how many times I've, I've watched BBC News, which, frankly, I'm turning off now because it's become the, the Labour the Labour trumpet. It, there's no other, there's no other uh, news around on, on BBC News now than to slag at the Conservative Party, the Labour Party, can do no harm whatsoever and obviously the liberals don't exist um so i'm looking for a new, another news program i try and look at lots of different news programs to get a broad 
spectrum of what's going on um, because there's his side of the story, there's her side of the story, and of course then there's the truth somewhere in the middle. So I like to look at a broad spectrum, but I'm going to be switching off from the BBC now. It is completely political. Uh, ever since uh, the government said they were going to withdraw their um, the free licence, shall we say, or the, the fact that they they charge the individuals privately for a for a, for a TV licence, um, they're, they're going to have to go out shopping to get advertising now to fund themselves. So uh, they, they've been on full frontal attack with the government since that happened, if, if they weren't before. But it is, and I was thinking that the other day, because it is so wrong. Journalists should be apolitical people. They should be able to put a case without any political bias, or try and give both biases, if that's at all possible, in any situation. But when they, they, they set out now, uh, and it's always been a, a socialist industry anyway, journalism, but now it's so blatant, blatantly obvious for what they're doing. They are poisoning the minds of people. The, 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 this is the guy this morning. It was nothing but poison against the Conservative Party. Um, and basically on the back to Dominic Raab and the fact that he's, uh, he's been uh, accused of, uh, of, of, of shouting at people and uh, um, intimidating people. That's his job. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's, his jo- it's my job. It's his job. If you're a boss, yeah, you don't go around dragging people out of a desk and punching them. But sometimes you can have to haul them over the coals. Uh, and sometimes you might have to use language that he wouldn't normally use to get the point across. But of course, when he's dealing, he in his case, he's dealing with what we call the government of Whitehall. The government of Whitehall is, is, is more actually socialist than conservative. So the people that work there aren't suddenly switched, switched in on, on, on election night and, and, and the old guard thrown out. You get all new people coming to work. That doesn't happen, obviously. The government employees stay there between government to government to government. Terry, so, let me just... So there will always be, always be a problem that there'll be somebody making up a story to have a go at a Conservative minister. Let me just um, get us back on to the, the focus of whether the journalist should be uh, economic literate because the, the problem is, uh, you know, you'd always expect every uh, time you, you have somebody telling you something that there would be uh, something from a BBC journalist or any other station who... Uh, want to take him to task or her to task if necessary think the 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 thrust of this particular thing is that we don't really learn economics at school so unless you do a course where economics is either at a level or some some part of a, a degree program um then you'll get the likes of uh there's somebody who uh comes up i can't remember his name at the moment um but he comes on as a guest being interviewed on the 10 o'clock ITV news this one is so it does happen on the BBC so I think I can actually say the same thing they they're brought in as our um our uh, economics correspondent or you know and given a title and then we're supposed to listen to any criticism that comes out of his mouth uh, mm, when really yeah, when really it's pretty obvious to anybody that has any knowledge of the economic side of something that they don't really know what they're talking about. I think that's what they were really trying to get to. With yeah, the but article. they're teaching the blind anyway. So the people they're talking to, mostly by and large, don't have don't have much idea either. Isn't this the problem, though? I mean, it does even link back to where we were talking about the uh, the shares earlier on, because mm. if you go to most 
secondary schools you don't get economics education you don't don't really get taught even about the basic things like um, interest compound interest um, things that really are important in life and sadly um, because of the way the youth of today seem to be heading i mean they just want to watch idiotic things like um, a lot of the soaps have become uh, rather than really educate themselves and, and of no, course well, the soap operas are there to re-educate us don't forget that oh yes. everything that happens in a soap opera is to show us where we're going wrong in life and what we have to accept because what you're looking at on television is the new normality get on with it accept it and that's the end of it so uh, that's what we have to do and that's why the kids don't watch it Okay, I'm going to bring us next to um, Spain and pedestrians, etc., and what people coming to Spain should know. So uh, let's see, let's see what we've got. Now you see this quite clearly when people are down in Benidorm, one of the ter- tourist parts of uh, where we live. Um, there are instances in Spain where pedestrians can be hit with fines of up to a thousand euros by the transport authorities for incorrect behaviour on the roads. So, um, are are you au fait with that amount of a fine being available to the authorities? I've no doubt about it. That's how they make money. Okay, well, we look at the specifics this article was giving us. Crossing the street without using the zebra crossing. Now, this is always always been a law in Spain. That was one of the first ones I got I got tated on in uh, in Alicante. Well, they were literally in the first year or two, I was I was in Alicante and I, I meant to do a diagonally run across the road in, in the middle of Alicante, and this copper blew his whistle, so I, I just stopped and, and he, he pointed at me and dragged me across. And told me off in no uncertain terms where the camera uh, I'm applying. Can I not see where the zebra crossings are? That's what you use. It's it, jaywalking. It, it, uh, it certainly was a big law. It's not so much police now. We very rarely I very rarely see a police nowadays. But it, it's 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 uh, it was uh, back in the day. It really was strictly policed. I promise you. So we've got lots of zebra crossings, not just an odd one here and there. Is the same law then applying to every single zebra crossing? Presumably. Okay, and it's a hundred euro, hundred euros fine. Um, some people are—they've told me—they're under the impression that there's only certain zebra crossings that are the the correct ones. So, no, um, don't be. Unfortunately, they paint speed bumps a similar stripy effort. Speed bump is not a zebra crossing. They, they paint a, ze- a speed bump with a zebra pattern. Okay. Um, but it's, it's different. It's distinctive. And that isn't a zebra crossing. The zebra crossing is, is, is a rectangular um, and black and white shapes that we see. Okay, well, there's another £100 your, or euros worth of fine if you're walking on the motorway or on the dual carriageways. Now, often you do see people cutting through gaps in the hedges in the bit that uh, separates the, the, the two carriageways going in the different directions. So I think if anybody doesn't know that particular law... Um, well, certainly on a motorway. I don't know about a dual carriageway, but certainly a motorway. Yes, I agree with that. But if you look well, at the, the, you can get fine now for dawdling on a crossing, because some people just love to take a nice easy stroll across the crossing while they're on their phone. Yeah, you know, they, they never even look at the traffic; they just turn ninety degrees without looking at the road, 
and expect you to stop. Whereas it's stop, look, wait, and then cross is the law. And I've added to that now is, is if you dawdle, you can get fined. Okay. So no dawdling. Um, we be warned. Yeah, I think most people would know about not wearing a reflective vest if you break down. That's something mm. that everybody should know because obviously mm. that's worth 200 euros if you do um, uh, contradict the law on that one. Um, this one took me aback a bit because it it is not ex- <laughs> totally clear all the time. Not walking on the left-hand side of the road outside built-up areas. Not walking on the left-hand side. Outside, yeah, so you should be facing the traffic, in other words. Well, you should be, but you see, if you've now got cycle lanes, and cycle lanes can be bordering the road, where does that leave the pedestrian? Because Nowhere. pedestrians are useless people. <laughs> but I mean, you see, the, 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 the whole of this country is made for people with four wheels, possibly sometimes two, and even more so. As I got caught up yesterday in a bloody cycle race. If that happens, then you can write your afternoon off. Um, but it, it's uh, pedestrians. I've often wondered uh, what the hell can pedestrians do. Ditto those sleepy, lovely, beautiful green country lanes that we have in, in England, uh, where the cars fly up and down. They've barely got room to pass each other, and there are no there are no pavements. Where the hell are you supposed to walk there? I, I would. Well, you can't. How there should, how there's not mass slaughter on Britain's country roads? I don't know. Because at least over here we we have the what's called the hard shoulder. Invariably, there's a hard shoulder nearly always. There's always an area where you can pull over or walk. Um, so I'll, I'll give Spain a tick on that one. OK, but if you look down where we are on the coast, you've got the uh, the cycle lane immediately onto the road so it doesn't give the pedestrian anywhere to walk. So I really find that one would be very difficult to... Uh, to get a fine it's bad enough trying to actually um keep the law but anyway that's what the law is um i think you best have a yo-yo in your hand and tell people it's a wheel so you can have a and pretend it's some sort of a vehicle then they use a cycle lane then with your yo-yo okay if uh, you refuse to be tested for alcohol or drugs and that is not just in a car uh, you can have up to a thousand power euros worth of fine on that one. Um, again, are you aware of that? Because I passed somebody drunk in the street earlier today. Yeah, but I know somebody who gets away with that on a regular basis. <laughs> I won't tell you how, mm. uh, but he gets away with it on a regular basis. Yeah, of course you you have to give a a, a, a sample. It's still quite. I say it's not exactly still a police state, but there's an awful awful lot more police control in this country than there is in the UK. And also, the police appear out of nowhere. You you won't see them. And then suddenly, whenever something happens, it's almost like uh, magic they appear, isn't it? <laughs> where are you coming from? <laughs> well, I, I, have you not, I've never been in that sort of situation where, you know, you don't see any police. Something will happen. And within a few minutes, you've got, you've got the police are there. Well, so, perhaps they will organise. Perhaps they've got more, more people out in Spain on the job rather than pushing pencils. Okay. This would be what's happening in the UK. And certainly crossing the road when a traffic light is red, um, that's 
200 euros if you come over to Spain and decide to go down that particular uh, avenue. So uh, I think they're worthwhile putting these into the podcast for people that maybe only come here now and again. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's very rare it's going to happen, but um, just, just be sensible. Uh, that's all you have to do is be a little bit sensible. Um, you, know, you don't see a lot of people. Well, you, you were halfway there when you said it's magical you get a policeman when something happens, but there's an awful lot of um, plain clothes police, shall we say. Um, they don't always wear uniforms, you know. So you've... you've, you've uh, just be sensible. I mean, forget that in Benidorm, they'll do what they want. They send all the idiots over from UK to Benidorm to make complete uh, what's-its of themselves and, and disgrace the human race, but... Nothing really gets said about that. It's allowed to happen in Benidorm. It must be a separate little enclave of Spain, I believe. Right, Terry, once again, we put the world to rights and um, another week has gone by. We're into February. Could you believe that? Yes, I can. <laughs> I've okay. got just paid me taxes. <laughs> you better believe it. All right, Terry, thanks very much indeed. We'll catch you next week. Cheers, Richard. Thank Cheers you, Terry. Bye-bye.